Jesse Kelly Show, hour two of the Jesse Kelly Show. Just trying to get you ready for what's going to be a very painful State of the Union address. All right, it's going to be a painful State of the Union address. They're laying it out there for you already. This is what you're going to see. Just to recap what we already talked about in hour one. This is what you're going to see tonight. This is what you're going to hear. This is what you're going to see. Joe Biden... He's going to saunter up to the microphone with his mouth hanging half open like he does. Joe Biden is going to sow racial division like he always does. The the Republicans are trying to keep black people from voting. Joe Biden is going to take credit for beating coronavirus. Remember his CDC miraculously just changed the how they how they they changed the data they changed the formula on Friday just a few days ago and now wow we're over corona lift the mask mandates we're good and so he's going to take the most obnoxious victory lap on coronavirus you've ever heard so it's going to be coronavirus victory lap it's going to be black people are oppressed and can't vote it's going to be Climate change, green energy. And remember this. I want you to remember something because we always have to keep this in mind. We have to keep this in mind. Because you don't live for politics. I don't live for politics. You enjoy it. Maybe you get a little too into it sometimes, but it's not your religion. Right? It doesn't, it doesn't, everything in your life isn't filtered through it the way you do your religion. It just isn't. The communist is that way. So the communist never ever, 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 ever takes a moment and says, let's take politics out of this. Let's leave this alone. We don't need to mess with this. The second this Russia-Ukraine thing busted out and they knew gas prices were going to go up even more than they already were and inflation was going to go up, you, because you're a normal human being, you started thinking about how am I going to Feed my family. What's this going to look like for bills? Is my mom going to be okay? Are we going to have to adjust this? That's how normal people think. The communists saw it and immediately thought, oh, how can I use this? That old Rahm Emanuel line, never let a crisis go to waste. That's not actually a Rahm Emanuel line. People think it is. Lenin, from the very beginning, spoke about that all the time. Crisis is good. Chaos and violence and stuff. It is good. These are good things in the eyes of the communists because... It creates opportunities. You're going to hear a climate change speech tonight that's going to make you vomit. And look, you're going to hear more of this too, because remember we played for you the sound last night about Joe Biden. Hey, Americans are just psychologically, they're not quite there. So they don't realize how good they have it. Well, I mean, look, his advisor, Mitch Landrew, out there parroting same talking points. Well, when COVID is, is, is beating you to death, uh, literally, and, and you have an international you know, incident like we're having, um, and it runs costs up, it can make everybody you know, pretty angry and put you in a bad mood, notwithstanding that, that this president has done a spectacular job in the last year shepherding this country. He's done a great job. Why are you in such a bad mood? Hey, fellas, look. I want you to use that with the wife next time she's a little quiet. I've found that super effective. Honey, why are you in such a bad mood? Ladies, do the same thing. If he comes home from work, maybe he's a little crabby, had a bad day, just barrage him right away. Why are you in such a bad mood? Clearly, it's you. It works so well. That that really goes over well with people. <laughs> look, here's, here's Nancy Pelosi, fresh off another bender. The decline in the president's polls, even on COVID, on how he's handled it. What can he do to turn this around? 
Well, I think tonight's going to be very important because for people to appreciate what the president has done and that working together with the Congress, they have to know what it is. President Lincoln said public sentiment is everything. With it, you can accomplish almost everything. Without it, practically nothing. But people have to know for public sentiment to... Yeah. That's fine. Look, it's... People have to know how hard he's been working. It's important. It's important. And look, the COVID stuff is what's going to make me angriest. And it's probably going to make you angriest. When Nancy Pelosi says things like this, it it makes my head want to explode. D.C. officially lifted its indoor mask guidance. Are you going to be wearing a mask tonight? No, I'm not going to be wearing a mask tonight. If I had little children or if I were around little grandchildren, I would. You're the one in danger from coronavirus, you old hag. The little kids are not in danger from coronavirus. What does that even mean? And the reason, look, the reason all this is going to make you angry, before I move on, I want to get to this this other stuff. The reason this is going to make you angry, and should, is I think about that show we did on February 9th. Maybe you remember it. It shattered every download record we ever did. A very different show, not quite as light. Not quite as fun. It was heavy. It was that night where you wrote in, you called in with your stories about how coronavirus restrictions have abused you in the last two years. And you remember how heavy that night was. It was heavy. It was, it was, I couldn't visit my wife and she's dead now. I couldn't see my dad. He's gone. My brother overdosed. My sister killed herself. I mean, it was, it was heavy, heavy stuff. When you actually open your ears and hear the stories of how COVID restrictions have abused people, it's brutal. And to now watch something you already knew, but to watch it be confirmed that it was all just about politics and they could have dropped the COVID restrictions at any moment, at any time. They could have changed this formula. Okay, take off your mask. No, At any time, they could have stopped it and they didn't. Honestly, Beyond making you angry, because we should probably let that go or we're going to get super bitter. Beyond making you angry, it should really drive it home to you just how broken and rotted and corrupt the system is in this country. And, and look, this ties back to my sky is green theory. I haven't done this one in a while. So don't roll your eyes if you've been listening for a long time. I know we have a bunch of new listeners, so I'm, I'm going to do this again. Why do I call it the system? Well, all your culture, cultural institutions all now believe the same thing. In a society, any society, small village, big country, it's built on its cultural institutions. The institutions are the pillars that hold it up. Education system, religion, politics, ed, uh, just media, entertainment is a, actually a huge part of it. These are the pillars that hold up a culture. There is one ideology that governs your culture now. And because of that, because there's only one and there's not a second, one pillar never checks the other. They're all run by the same ideology, so they're all working together against you at all times with no check and balance system. And so I've done this stupid theory, but it really is true, and it drives home the point that they could make half this country believe the sky is green If they wanted to, and you could say that's crazy, Jesse, I'm looking up at the sky. It's blue. I have two eyes. No, you do not understand how powerful this system is. If they decided they wanted you to believe the sky was green, you'd roll your eyes at first. 
And then every single news station would be saying the sky is green. We have this expert on. It's Dr. Nerdface from Harvard. He says the sky is green. I've done some studies on it. I can't believe it. It'd be expert after expert after expert. Aren't you, aren't you, aren't you so excited to hear from more of these experts telling you the sky is green? Social media companies, if you're on there, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, would begin banning any account who said the sky is blue. Hollywood would make movies and sitcoms and the sky would be green in the background. Your favorite athlete, LeBron James, would be out there on Instagram. Hey, I'm so happy. I just found out the sky is green. Oh, it'd be endless. Your Democrat politicians. 75% of your invertebrate Republican politicians. Well, I mean, it is a green sky. Uh, I guess it's a little green, not as green as the Democrats think it is. Green sky, green sky, green sky, green sky, over and over and over and over again. Your kids would learn about it in school. They'd have to acknowledge the green sky to pass their tests. In a matter of months, half this country would believe something they can see for themselves with their own eyes is not true. And yet they would believe it. And more importantly, they would repeat it. That's because the system all works together now. You saw this with the dropping of the COVID restrictions. I mean, just wrap your mind around this. Two years. Two years of not just economic devastation. Inflation now through the roof. Let's set that aside because it's way more than dollar and cents. Two years of husbands not saying goodbye to their wives as they died. Two years of withholding life-saving medications so they could win elections and force people to take vaccines. Two years. Two years. Teenage girl suicides up 50%. Two years of this. And with the snap of their fingers, CDC changes a couple calculations. Up, oh, looks like we're over the hump, baby. Take those masks off. Oh, forget about those mandates. Woohoo! We beat COVID. Now you're seeing the system. Now you understand why I call it the system. Now you understand what I mean when I say the system, don't you? All right. Now, there is something else you're going to see tonight. Hope they do show it on camera. And I'm going to tell you what that something else is. And it is something that should concern you a great deal. I'll tell you that in a second. So I'll tell you what else should concern you, though, a great deal. If you don't have any way to protect yourself. You. Not your brother. Not your wife, not your husband, not your dad. Do you personally have a way to protect yourself? And no, I'm not talking about Hollywood spin kicks. I promise those don't work like that. Do you have a hero gun yet? It's a non-lethal gun. You don't have excuses. I don't like guns. Fine. This is a non-lethal gun. It shoots pepper balls 100 miles per hour. They explode on contact. They are the most debilitating thing in the world. They'll be on the ground. This thing has already saved lives. Anyone can use it. Just takes a couple minutes. Has a laser sight on it. Just point and squeeze. Protect yourself. Get one for yourself. Get one for your spouse. Get one for your kids who are away from home. Go to Hero2020.com and use the code JESSE and that gets you a special discount. Hero2020.com code JESSE. State restrictions may apply. Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly. It is 
the Jesse Kelly Show. Let's get to some emails. Remember, if you missed any part of the show, you can catch the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. Make sure you subscribe or hit follow so it automatically downloads the all three hours thing. And don't get me started on that again. If you want to email the show, you can. Your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions for Friday. Email those into jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I mentioned something else you're going to see tonight, and it's something that should scare you. But hold on a second. Let's get to a couple emails first before we get to that. Dear Shogun Oracle, I I think I should probably pause there real quick because I realize we have so many new listeners, they may not understand the, the origin of all these nicknames. So allow me to explain. I gave them all to myself. And and people say you can't do that. Who who knows you better than you? I say you're the one. What, Chris? I say you're the one who should give yourself the nickname. Why Shogun? Because it sounds awesome. All right? It was the military leader of, of feudal Japan. He was called the Shogun. And I feel like that's kind of me and who I am, Chris. Why Oracle? Because I'm right all the time, and I like to brag about myself. It shows how secure you are when you brag about yourself to everybody. Everyone knows that. Dear Shogun Oracle, over the weekend, I've seen all the chicken hawks clutching in un- clucking in unison, wanting Americans to die in Ukraine. Can you please remind us how pathetic these people are? By all means, take an hour or two if you need. I could listen to that all day and hate these people with the heat of a nova. God bless everyone in Ukraine. Look... This is something, it's always been a tremendous disconnect in in really every society. It's not like this is unique to America, where there's a disconnect between the guys out there with swords and shields, stabbing people in the face and getting stabbed, and the people back home who don't have to see that and hear it and smell it and taste it. So that disconnect has always been there, for one. But, But many societies, most societies, I would say, throughout history at least had this concept. The men who are leading the society, the men who are making the choices that put them into wars, go to war. And I don't mean sitting back in some hidden bunker somewhere. Go to war. Julius Caesar, more than one occasion, he's on the front of his line. The front of his line. Swords, shields, spears, Stabbing, getting stabbed, the front. All those medieval kings, it wasn't go to war. It was, I got my shield, I got my sword, get behind me. We're going to war. And in America, that's how we have been in the past as well. Go look at past presidents, past senators, past generals. Sons were fighting and dying in wars. And then... I don't know what changed, but now, now we have a government full of Mitt Romneys. We need boots on the ground. Let's get American power boots on the ground. We must stand. Okay, Mitt, you have 95 kids. How many of them have even found the recruiting office? Zero. Not only does Mitt not go, none of his kids go. And so... That's an unhealthy place for a society to be, an extremely unhealthy place. And I am not one of these people, although I'm I'm very non-interventionist. I'm not one of these people who says there's never any place for war. That's stupid and ridiculous and naive. Grow up. Of course there's a place for war sometimes. But, but if you're the person 
who says, we've got to go to war, then I expect you to be willing to die for it too. Or your son, or your brother, uncle, father. And I, I, I mean, I've seen this so much now that we've become a completely feminized, hysterical society. And you're starting to see this. I brought it up in the first hour. Uh, you're starting to see some really, really ugly video come out of Ukraine and Russia. When, look, when you start dropping cluster bombs on people, when artillery shells start hitting human flesh, that's not pretty. Believe me when I tell you it's not pretty. And I told you the first hour about that video that's out online. I believe it's an old woman, if I remember right. I don't want to look at it again. And uh, missing, missing a bottom part of a leg, and it's not good. And people look at that, and their heart breaks, and I understand it. But people also look at it, and they do something else. And this, I can't stand. This can't stand. Get American troops over there. Okay, suburban mom, your son going? Well, I can't send Aiden or Jaden. Can we get someone else? No, 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 no. You want to make foreign policy based on sad internet videos and pictures. Is Jaden going or not? Because if he's not going, sit there, shut up, and make dinner. It's got to stop in this country. And if it sounds like I'm getting heated, it's because I am. I'm tired of these sissy politicians who don't serve and their kids never serve and they're all more than willing to send you off to war. I'm tired of the suburban wine moms who do the same. I'm tired of foreign policy being set by people who've never tasted it and seen it. I'll tell you something. More than, more than the war aspect of any of it, man, have you ever seen, have you ever seen kids and a wife clinging to the husband and father right before he gets on a plane to go overseas? It's not something, I'll tell you, I was a young, cold-hearted jerk. Before I became an older, cold-hearted jerk, it's something that about tore my heart out and stomped on it. You see kids grabbing a hold of their father saying, Daddy, don't go. You see that wife with her arms around his neck sobbing and knowing they might never see him again. Okay, that's fine. I get it. Men have to go off to war sometimes. I get it. I'm not naive. You had better be that guy or have your son be that guy or I don't want to hear you run your mouth about, we have to step in. No, We? You got a mouse in your pocket? We? Either you're going or someone very close to you is going or sit back and pipe down. All right. So the chicken hawk stuff, the, the chicken hawk stuff gets to me, man. It, it just does. It's so easy to give up someone else's life. It's so easy to have someone else die for, for your country. What do you do? What are you going to do about it? Dang it. I got sidetracked. I didn't even get to what I wanted to get to about something else you're going to see tonight. Hang on.
the Jesse Kelly Show, continuing with our series that has been going on now for a few Tuesdays with Boris Rifkin, sole member Montefly Holdings. Boris is our history expert, certainly our Soviet Union communism expert, kind of walking us through chronologically communism, the Soviet Union. He's gone through Lenin. We, we left off last week. We were doing some Stalin stuff. And Boris, I want to ask you before we get rolling on, on everything else, you mentioned Trotsky a lot last week and Stalin and they had a falling out and Stalin ended up taking over. What's the rift between Trotsky and Stalin? Was it a power thing, a personal thing? And how, where'd that, how'd that come about and how did it end? Well, yeah, well, first, Jesse, great to be with you back on your show. Uh, it, it was a combination of things. Uh, personal power grab uh, rivalry later on. Uh, the origins had to do with Trotsky being a singularly decisive, important figure in the October Revolution and that socialist takeover in Petrograd in 1917, where it all started. Uh, it was to a large extent him uh, organizing and being the most vocal advocate for the coup to happen. Uh, Lenin pretty much joined at the last minute, and Stalin, even though he was on the Politburo and backed, the move, uh, he was really a secondary figure at the time. And Stalin became increasingly obsessed with making himself out to kind of glorifying his role and making himself out to be uh, the real successor to Lenin versus Trotsky, who at that point was far more popular, a, a much better orator. He effectively built the Red Army from scratch, and Stalin was this sort of gray bureaucrat in the background who became uh, sort of the minister for nationalities, which was a sort of secondary, not very important ministerial role, and, and he really wanted to make himself shine as a military leader. And during the Russian Civil War, Trotsky completely outshone him. They had a, a rift uh, over some operational issues, over a couple of battles that proved to be very important in how the war ultimately ended. Uh, and Stalin never forgave Trotsky for, from his standpoint, double-crossing him or going against him. And you already began to see that rift forming in those early years of the Civil War. And as the 1920s wore on and the struggle for power after Lenin's death became very real, really even before Lenin's death had started, uh, Stalin, uh, in the interest of gaining power, systematically replaced all of Trotsky's allies and people within the party with Stalin loyalists and eventually maneuvered to have him ousted from the party and eventually expelled from the country. So it was a, a multi-year process of mutual hatred and resentment. Okay, Boris, can you help me help me understand this? Because I, I know about him expelling him from the country. Why expel him? You're Stalin. You have no problem with murder. You've been murdering people since long before you took power. Why not just kill him? Uh, I think at the time, Stalin, I mean, you could kind of see similarities with, with how Putin is operating at the moment, you know, in terms of his current invasion of Ukraine. You notice he didn't go as far as he's going now in 2014, when at all sort of began. Uh, so Stalin was a strategic player. So there were certain things that he politically could get away with later that from his standpoint, he couldn't get away with at the very beginning in the 1920s when he was just consolidating power. So the fact that he succeeded in ousting Trotsky and then, for example, he didn't kill all of his political opponents. So he waited till the late 1930s for the show trials and the purges to really get underway within the party and within the military, even though all of those opponents were still there in the 1920s. So he moved against these people in phases. And even after Trotsky was expelled, 
Uh, he was, of course, eventually assassinated by, on Stalin's orders in Mexico by an NKVD agent, a Merc- Mercador with an ice pick, right? Uh, so Stalin, the, the long hand of Stalin's vengeance and enmity stretched, knew no national boundaries and it didn't have a, uh, an end date. Uh, but that's just simply how he operated. He moved, made one big move, waited a number of years to see what was politically possible to do next, and then moved again and made an even bigger move. And, and that's that's how he that's how his career proceeded. Can you can you explain what exactly the Great Purge was? We're going to get to the Great Terror, but the Great Purge. What, what was Stalin thinking? I, I read about things like the Great Purge, and I see. He's offing all his generals. He's offing all these people with expertise. It, it doesn't make sense. Help me make sense of it, Boris. Uh, in Stalin's mind, he gave a, a, it was actually to, to get some insight into how he operated and his thinking. Uh, you have to look back at a speech that he gave maybe a year or two before uh, the purge really began and was unleashed in, in all its fury. Nobody really quite picked up on what the significance of that was. And he gave a a speech, I think it was to the Central Committee, where he said, cadres decide everything. And and people were like, well, yeah, okay. I mean, you know, it's a party-based system. You know, whoever you bring into the party, obviously, you're you're basically saying we need good, efficient cadres. What he actually meant was all of the old Bolsheviks who were not aligned with me and all of the army officers and not just the high command, but mid-ranking officers who I did not politically sanction and I don't consider to be loyalists and who weren't brought in under my authority are going to be liquidated to make way for a new crop of people that are completely dependent on my patronage in preparation for my full consolidation of political power. So you have to, you have to kind of suspend your sense of what you consider to be rational to understand how people like this see the world. Uh, and I mean, part of it is, of course, so, uh, you know, being a sociopath and, and having other issues of any kind of authoritarian ruler like this. But that, that literally was the way that he operated. And uh, in terms of expertise, you were saying, why would you do this, let's say, with uh, Nazi Germany, with the World War coming mm-hmm. up? Like, why would you engage in this kind of purge? His logic was essentially that, you know, war could be postponed for a number of years still at the time, I think, and uh, that you had to have this cleansing period. The purge would be necessary to create a new army that would be politically much more aligned with what Stalin wanted to do, and from his standpoint would be better in executing the kind of war that he wanted to execute. He said to his closest advisors uh, a number of times that what makes an army strong, he posed this question almost rhetorically, and he said, is it how battle-ready the army is, how well-trained it is, how well-equipped it is? No. What makes an army strong is how right the policy direction of the government in a country is. So you see from that, that goes directly to what I've just said in terms of how he saw all of this. Speaking with Boris Rifkin, of course, as we are doing every Tuesday at this time, making us a lot smarter about the history, about communism. I realize I've gobbled up most of your segment just trying to take apart the mentality of the man, so I might as well keep on with this. I guess we'll get to the Great Terror next week. Okay, did Stalin ever, did he ever have 
a moment where he was almost toast. Because I would assume someone who kills that many people, even someone as manipulative and good at it as Stalin is, surely he had powerful forces try to get rid of him, right? I always find this find this fascinating. Why nobody ever put a bullet in this guy? Uh, there were only really two moments, from my opinion, that he really came close to being toppled and really looked toast. One was in 1941, in June, when the Germans invaded the Soviet Union and the start of that phase of World War II, uh, and even more so in October of 1941, when it looked like the Germans were really going to finish the Red Army off and, and the, the military situation looked particularly bleak. And he had to make a decision of whether to stay in Moscow and kind of try to be inspirational or effectively lose power and, and vacate. That was really the first point. And the second point was, really a few months before he did pass on, uh, largely with the thanks to the intervention of members of his inner circle who he had marked out uh, a few months earlier for the next phase of his purge, maybe the last purge that he was planning to carry out to liquidate all of the witnesses. So first he took, he liquidated all of his political rivals from the past. And then near the end of his life, he was planning one last big purge to liquidate all of the witnesses, essentially all the people he had brought in. Uh, and uh, it was that desire when it became clear that's what his plan was, what he was up to, that they decided to make his their move against him. And that led to him eventually passing on in March of 1953. So those were, in my view, uh, to my mind, the only two times really that he looked toast. Boris Rifkin, thank you so much once again, my brother. We will talk to you again next Tuesday. I cannot wait. Absolutely. Thanks, Jesse. Again, if you enjoyed that. He began that two or three Tuesdays ago. Every Tuesday at the exact same time Boris Rifkin comes on, and he began basically with the communist revolution. So, yeah, enjoy that. All right, now, we're going to get back to the story about something else you're going to see tonight. But first, let's talk about Pure Talk real quick. Let's talk about the fact the average family saves over $800 a year. Are you seeing the news right now? Are you seeing what's happening out there with inflation and gas prices? And I think when I tell people about Pure Talk, they think, oh, it's not Verizon or AT&T or T-Mobile. Uh, yeah, that's the point. They're on the exact same network as one of those companies, so you're not sacrificing coverage. Pure Talk is a patriotic company that doesn't dump on your country. So you get to save money, you get the same coverage, and it takes less than 10 minutes to switch over from your cell phone. Dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Pound 250, say Jesse Kelly. Jesse Kelly Show, The Twilight Zone. You like when I sing. But Chris, I, I'm so talented. I am so multidimensional. <laughs> I can't sing at all. The, the Kellys can't sing. Oh, Chris, I should actually start doing art for the show. It would be hilarious. We should, we should start mixing that in. Yeah, Hunter's getting half a mil for crappy paintings out there. <laughs> I should start doing that. Absolutely. How great is Boris Rifkin? All right, all right, back to back to something else you should be concerned about. And yes, I'm not talking about what, Chris? This is live journalist Jesse live from Ukraine. It's going crazy out here right now. 
Oh my goodness, Chris, get down! Fox 3! What? Chris, it sounds real. You can put him there. Anyway, setting the Ukraine stuff aside. Something else you're going to see tonight. They're going to show outside images of the Capitol. And our media is going to be doing a lot of this. Outside images of the Capitol. Why are they going to be doing that? Well, you're going to look outside of the Capitol building and you're going to see U.S. troops there. You're going to see cops, not just D.C. cops. They brought in NYPD cops for this thing. You're going to see extra fencing around the Capitol like it's some fortress. And I'm here to tell you, you should be a lot more worried about that than you are. Not because it matters for tonight. Whatever, State of the Union. No one's going to do anything anyway. That doesn't matter. You should be worried about that because what you've seen, especially over the last two years, is the Western governments, America definitely, Canada obviously, Australia, New Zealand, Germany, the UK, France. You've seen Western government after Western government after Western government turn and aim its sights at its own citizens and decide they're the enemy. As the Western governments have abused their citizens, especially over the last two years, and the citizens of these governments have woken up and realized, oh my gosh, these governments aren't working for me. They're not servants of the people. These governments are abusing me. This guy's a crook. This is wrong. This is a lie. This is wrong. As the anger in populations has built and built and built and built and built over the last two years, Western governments have done, frankly, the same thing corrupt governments always do. Not reform themselves. Not, well, hey, they're mad at us. Let's get it right. What they've done is decide the people themselves are the enemy. And what you're seeing happening in the United States of America right now is so much more dangerous than anything you're seeing in Russia or Ukraine. What am I talking about? The United States government has decided you are the enemy and they are being very, very bold and out front with the fact they have declared you to be the enemy and they will use the force of government against you until you get in line. Why all these troops? Why all the fencing? It's so over the top. Oh, that's a message for you. Watch yourself, citizen. Look at all our guns. Look at our fencing. We will crush you. Why Why the endless intimidation from the FBI? They're tracking down th- these poor saps who wandered into the Capitol as if they're mass murderers and being very public about it, right? It's not like they're being sly. Help us track down Granny. We caught her walking up the step. Why? Oh, that's a message to you. Don't ever step out of line again. Why? The school board thing. Remember the school board thing? People have just forgotten about that already. Don't you remember? Parents have been showing up at school boards, especially over the last year, irate. Uh, I don't want little Billy learning about uh, transsexual stuff in school. That's repulsive. And I don't want him to wear a mask. And parents are showing up and they're mad. And they're yelling at school boards, as you should, and run for school board. But parents are showing up at school board meetings and they're mad and they're getting behind the microphone. This has got to stop. And then these videos started going viral across the internet. Look at this mom outraged. Look at this dad. Look at this speech. 
the government, the Biden administration, all these people, they looked at that too. And once again, they didn't say to themselves, ah, you know, that mom has a good point. She has a really good point. I think, I think we should lift these mandates and maybe we shouldn't be talking about LGBT, LGBTQ Air Force stuff with five-year-olds. The Biden administration didn't do that at all. They looked at that angry soccer mom, the angry dad who stepped up for his kids, and they said, how do we crush these people and shut them up? And don't you remember how stunning, this, how stunning it actually turned out to be? The Biden White House worked with the National School Board Union to create a letter, the letter, it was just a letter someone typed. No evidence, no nothing. They just sent a letter to the FBI or to Merrick Garland, the attorney general, the top law enforcement officer in the United States of America. They just sent him a letter saying, hey, uh, these school board meetings, they could get dangerous. We feel intimidated. Merrick Garland didn't just blow this off or roll his eyes or write them back and ask for evidence or anything like that. The top law enforcement officer in the United States of America promptly sicked the FBI on them. We had FBI counterterrorism chiefs sitting around a conference table deciding which terrorist threat tag they should assign to concerned parents. You want me to be worried about Europe? God be with them over there. Pray for them. We're going to keep you abreast on all the details as we get them. They are going through hell. I'm telling you right now, as an American citizen, you had better be a lot more worried about the fact your federal government thinks you're the enemy. And they're going to treat you as such. And not only that, it goes beyond the federal government. Way beyond the federal government, because it would be one thing if it was just the feds, right? FBI, DOJ, NSA, CIA. I mean, those things are bad enough. EPA, IRS. Thanks, Obama. It would be one thing if it was just the federal government who looked at you and said, this guy's the enemy or a potential enemy. Let's shut him up. Let's silence him. Let's lock him up. But it's more than that. It's a lot more than that. Have you considered this? I'll tell you what I'm talking about in just a second. 